Welcome to What's Cooking in Hell's Kitchen, the officially unofficial podcast for Daredevil on Netflix. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 5, titled Kenbaku. I have no idea what that means, but... It's the uh, art of Japanese rope bondage. <laughs> Is that yeah, actually no, true? Yeah, I'm not making it up. Okay. It's, it's, I've, I've, so it's the chair that they tied him to with that fancy knot pattern? Yeah, I've never heard of Kimbaku, but I have heard of its counterpart Shibari, which I guess mm-hmm. is interchangeable in, in Japanese. Uh, one means the beauty of tight binding. Shibari means to uh, decoratively tie. Uh, right. So is there any hidden meanings into the beauty of tight binding? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I hadn't considered it from that layer because I didn't know what it meant. So I mean, clearly the 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 face level reading is the because because that's those that those delicate knot works that she did, which right, right, kind of amazing. She's able to do in like thirty forty seconds. She's really good at this stuff. Uh, Guess so. That that's that's literally like an example of it. Yeah, I, I don't know metaphorically where they want to go with that, uh, unless see, you think he's being. He's being ensnared. You can uh, Google the term for uh, lots of sexy, sexy pictures. Right. Just go on DeviantArt or FetLife Just or Google. whatever you want. Google will do it. Google, Google will also provide that info. Yes. Uh, so before we get on, I want to talk about the gla- the uh, Gladiator character because I did some more research and there's a lot of cool Easter eggs for Daredevil Gladiator? Fans. Are we talking about That's Melvin? That's Melvin. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the, when he showed us his super suit last episode, I guess the pattern on that is exactly the pattern of his like comic book counterpart. Gotcha. And, uh, when he picked up that shiny thing, like the threat and the throat at, at Matt in episode two, I don't remember. Okay. Remember I was talking uh, about, and I thought it might be like a Deadpool or not Deadpool, uh, bullseye reference. Apparently when he's all geared up, uh, the gladiator fights with those shiny discs attached to his fists, like little gladiator-style like bucklers. Blades? Nah, they're like those shields, like like little tiny shields that the gladiators wore in old olden times. Because he picks up a saw blade, right? I... No, it's just a shiny little metal disc. It looks exactly... Huh. Now that I've seen him wearing it on the comics, it looks exactly like one of those bucklers. And propped up in the corner of his laboratory is this what looks like a... Like an Iron Man chess piece with ridiculously long segmented legs attached to it. Okay. Which is an Easter egg for a very obscure uh, Daredevil villain, Stiltman. Stiltman. Oh, Jesus. No, I mean, Watch it's, out, guys. Stiltman's coming. You get off in the weeds. Let's like bug Sp- out. Spider-Man's got the vulture. Right. Uh, you know, uh, Batman's got Calendar Man. Right. And Clockman. Right. Uh, apparently, Daredevil's got Stiltman. And I will uh, include a link to the Stiltman suit if you want to take a look at it in the show notes. The Riddler's about as far as I go on silly villain names. It's pretty silly. It's pretty silly. Yeah. Pretty silly. Stilt man. It's terrifying. Although I got to say that the Batman video games found the way to make the calendar man kind of terrifying. Did you ever go down into the basement and talk to him? Briefly, yeah. Not every day on the holidays or whatever to get the achievement. I, I, I cheated with my PlayStation and set it to all the different days so I could hear all of his creepy ass stories. Uh-huh. But that was cool, too, that like if you went down to talk to calendar man on a particular holiday, and there's one for each month, mm-hmm. he had a unique creepy story to tell for each one. Yep. But this isn't the Batman... Nope. Arkham City, whatever. This podcast. is the Stiltman hour. We're going to do a whole hour on Stiltman. <laughs> Stiltsman? Stiltsman. It's my favorite uh, Stone Temple Pilot song. <laughs> Soundgarden. Sound- God damn it. <laughs> yep. God I knew, I knew where you were going with that. Uh, okay, what do you think of this episode in general? I thought it was a it was a swerve to the right direction. I felt okay. like everybody, uh, like, you know, Foggy had another conf- confrontation that actually yeah. worked for him. He mm-hmm. stayed in this foggy lane. I feel like they're deepening the theme of Karen and Matt 
being two people that care about each other but are incapable of being honest with each other. Okay. I thought it was good that Karen came clean about the Punisher escapade she went on and, uh, with his house. Uh, I liked yep. her digging into the newspaper stuff with the editor guy. Uh, I thought that the Electra, like, so maybe you'll back me up on this, but I don't like Electra, but not in the sense of I think she's a terrible character, a terribly written character. Like right. I just, I just, you think she's trouble? Yeah, she yeah, seems. I have that same reaction. The type of girl that just can blow up your life, man. Yep. You you think, hey, this is a fun and really and, great and, thing, and, and then six months later, you're kicked out of your house yeah. and in trouble with the law. And yeah, and she skated, kinda, and she right, skated, but you're right. still in jail. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, she she is she's trouble. I don't like anything about her. I agree, very bad. And and she, you can see that both in the flashback stuff they do ten years earlier, and also modern day, she's roped Daredevil into this plan she's got into kicking the accused's ass i get it although i don't i like how they played it i don't feel like she needed help but she was glad right. that he have him there as kind of like you know a f- fun partner do you and she might need help overall right yeah. just like just like not saying she's helpless just saying no no it's gonna take more than one person to take down whatever organization she's working matt with. needs help from time to time exactly do you think that she's on to something with this darkness inside Matt? Because I've... I don't know. I, I feel like that there was a little of that with her, him with her, but I don't I don't know whether it's a darkness within him or some darkness that she was putting in there and bringing out. Yeah. Uh, it depends on whether or not, I guess, you think he's he's the Batman character, right? How, how much of Batman mm-hmm. is there in him? Is he likely to continue killing if he kills? Is that why he doesn't do it? Or is it more just like he is a very just and honest person? In that case, I don't think there's much darkness in him at all. I thought, it was, and I never get that vibe from him. So I thought it was pretty funny that I'm like, do you think we'll get a flashback episode? And literally, first thing we see is ten years later. <laughs> right. I still find it hard to believe that there is this era in his life, and we've never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. No. It's also amazing. Like. Like, like, a couple was, cool things you wouldn't there. think that Foggy would ever be like, hey, remember that girl that used to steal Ferraris with you and you broke into people's houses? And now I don't know I how much if he even knows about her. Now, because they make it clear, I think it was a couple of weeks that they'd been together when they went to the boxing ring. And then I thought it was an order of months. There's some line about a couple of weeks, although uh, there's to this, the boxing it, ring, but then, then later on, yeah. they go to Sweeney's house. There's also this implication that he might be like failing school. Uh, okay. Because I think there was some... I know he, when she was in his, uh... She was in his house and he was, like, swiping hard left. One of the things he she said is, like, oh, it's a Columbia education. And he's like, no thanks to you. And then I felt like that there was a... You know, I've only seen this episode once. Uh, that there was a statement in one of their escapades where he was mentioning something like this beat studying or <laughs> this into, like, you know, going or with her on her travels and... Uh, or not travels really. Her yeah, fucking she said around something in New York about City. like, um, when she was judging him or whatever. He's like, "Yo, you're tired of your ramen and ramen and gaming, and you want to do something with your life." Like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what she's getting at there, but clearly she's misjudged him in a couple of ways. I also don't understand the ten year flashback because. So Matt goes to school in Columbia for like four years and then three years of law school or if Columbia is the law school. 
Okay. Like, that's seven years total. Didn't they establish last season that we were literally seeing Matt and Foggy right after their bar exam, and they were, like, lawyers, fresh, freshly minted lawyers? Maybe it took them three years past the bar. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Didn't they? But didn't they also graduate kind of towards a, the top of the class in Columbia? I, a, I don't remember that backstory, and B, I don't know what a timeline for a lawyer looks like. So, oh, I bet we get. I bet we get some more law talk. I bet we will. <laughs> I bet we will. Um, I, okay. I, there were a couple of things in the flashback though that I I really liked. It was amazing to me how with just by making his hair a little longer and messier Matt looked so much younger. They comb his hair forward and put him in a square rim glasses. And it's right. A good thing because it would be easy to get lost in which era of Daredevil we're in if it wasn't for the very distinguishing physical feature of him. Yeah, I think so. So, uh and, and, and then Foggy, he pretty much looks the same. He they didn't even bother really no. to do anything. He's the baby-faced assassin. Yeah, he hasn't changed much in 10 years. Uh, and then the other thing they were doing is this kind of hazy screen effect where I couldn't tell if they were trying to convey that he's a little drunk or if they're trying to convey oh, that he's exploring his powers there. Huh. Uh, interesting. I just thought it was like kind of they're trying to indicate that he's using his powers. Okay. You know, like Beastmaster right. Vision or whatever. Yeah, that was that was my guess. But also there's a lot made of there's a lot made of booze in this show. Okay. A lot. Everybody's drinking all the time constantly. It's... I like it. And, very and an I, admin of them. Very bald move of them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they're trying to say. Um, clearly, I'm never going to get that info out of Karen or Matt. <laughs> so I, I, I'm not going to harp on that because it doesn't sound like they're interested. It doesn't look like they're interested in telling that story. So fuck it. I'm throwing my hands up on that. I love Foggy going to town on the uh, caviar. Okay. After initially, it's like because it. I've had caviar. I tried it <laughs> once, and it was god awful. Like it. Wait, 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 wait. What kind of caviar did you have? Did you have like was, shit? No, shit it was like the store. 150 an ounce beluga caviar. Ooh, damn! And it high tastes, roller. It tastes well. Were you in Vegas? No. <laughs> uh, some uh, the, my ex. Uh-huh. One of her things she wanted to try caviar, so I got her some really good caviar for a birthday or a, an anniversary, I guess is what it was. And okay, it tastes like King Neptune jizzing in your mouth, man. <laughs> it tastes like fish and salt, right? It, it, but its consistency is gross. Really? The temperature, uh, yeah, it's it's chilled. It just everything about it was bad. <laughs> but I did like that. The, <laughs> Foggy sat down after the initial revulsion and was double dipping, just just hammering that stuff in with the spoon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's leftover. He's not going to let it go to waste. Oh, was it leftover? I thought that that was, like, going to be spooned out to the rich people later. Although it was, it was kind I, of an almost empty can. Right, it was, it was halfway empty, and, and the hors d'oeuvre tray that was nearly empty ah, was sitting yes. next to it. So okay. either they were going to scoop it and fill more hors d'oeuvres, yeah, or... Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a more crass implication that he was just, you know, double dipping into what's going to be served to, to the rich people. Trying to live the high people. life, yeah. 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 Uh, sure. He did have a really strong reaction to it. He did. You know who else had a strong reaction to something? Huh. Uh, Electric Hall and German beer, a German beer tasting like piss. It's going to cause an international incident. Yeah. You know, Greek and German relations are not the best right now. Uh, Is she Greek? 
I think that's a well-established fact. Electra Nachios is... That's a Greek name, and I I know in the Affleck film, she was Greek as shit. Although Jennifer Garner is all-American. she's Right, it's tough to tell visually. Super super Greek in in that. Here, this woman looks a a bit more Mediterranean. Very exotic, yeah. 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 Very exotic looking. Uh, Her makeup game is on point. Yep. Um, I don't know. There is a lot... I've done. I, I I don't know what you were doing when we were doing our little. Uh, uh, I was fixing exact... website problems. Oh well, shit! I was doing doing comic book research. Okay. Um. There's a lot. So one of my hobbies is freeze framing. Whenever you go through like background details of comic book uh, shows, and there was a yeah. lot of the stuff in the I don't know Daily Bugle or New York Post or whatever the hell they're supposed to be working at. Um. The newspaper office. There's a lot of stuff like. The 9-11 terrorist attacks are in there. Something about a financial meltdown. Mm-hmm. The Stark Tower being destroyed in the Avengers, uh, you know, invasion in the Avenger movie. Yeah. Uh, there's some. There's reference to a cybertech company. Oh, okay. T-E-K, which I looked into, and it has ties to the Deathlock program, which is the cybernetic hero okay. in, the, in the Marvel Universe, which I wonder is if that's going that... to be foreshadowing of him coming down the pike. Hmm. Maybe. Who knows? There are so many connections in this universe. Right. And also, there's also a tie that the Roxxon company in Marvel is tied to the Cybertech company as well. Um, And I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. They could just be Easter eggs, honestly. I mean, I don't expect Tony Stark to show up. No, I don't either. But Roxxon definitely seems like it's got ties to the, the Yakuza, so... Um, it, I don't think that's an Easter egg. I think that that definitely yeah. is. Oh, rocks on for sure. On. Yeah, yeah. They're they're laying some groundwork for something bigger going on. I mean, it's obvious at the end of this episode when the Yakuza attack this this tower that she's staying in. Yeah. Uh, clearly that's got a purpose behind it, but we don't know what it is yet. Okay. Uh, maybe they they just discovered where Kraft is headquartered. Because apparently mac and cheese and child labor hand go in hand. hand in hand. That's, that's what I when I think of mac and cheese, I think a child child trafficking right. for sure. Who, I mean, a little surprising. You got to have the mac and cheese to feed the child laborers, right? It's true. Yeah, you're not going to feed them caviar. No, mac and cheese will keep them making iPhones and and Nike sneakers for a good long time. Yep. Uh, so what do we? We've just kind of been like shotgunning this. What what do we want to talk about as far as? Uh, there's a couple things I thought was interesting. The fact that, contrary to what we were thinking, the Rhea's plot, she's still got her quote-unquote jack boot on their neck. And, they impl- and they've implied that she has closed their office for some time. Or, yeah, or is it just down clients? Matt's been busy and Foggy's been busy, so they've had the close sign for the whole time. Uh, I think the DA probably has something to do with it. They clearly mentioned that she's done something to interfere with her clients. Yeah, a couple of them at least. Yeah, and now all they got left is peach pie. Uh, <laughs> yep, Ele- Electra transmitted a large uh, financial sum into their bank account, but Matt's trying to get rid of that. Yeah. Do you think he Well, I guess it's too premature to say. I don't know. I, f- I feel like Matt's in trouble here because... You know, with the name Kimbaku, uh, suggesting that he's kind of tied up in this whole thing now. Um, I feel like he he knows how to fight his way out of a situation, but when he gets someone smart on his back, a smart monkey on his back, trying uh-huh. to drag him into something, he might not have as easy of a time defending against that. You know, like, she manipulated him into starting this fight at the end, get, joining this fight at the yes. end. Yes. 
um, just like she manipulated him before, uh, tried to manipulate him into killing Sweeney. So I, I feel like she's a dangerous adversary because of her intelligence and mm-hmm. because of the way she can manipulate Matt and drag him into dangerous situations. And that they did a good job of establishing that here in this episode. Do you think? Why do you think she's back in his life? Do you think she a needs help with the yakuza problem? Uh, clearly, she knows about his daredevil, which I thought was right. kind of mildly shocking. Uh, or do you think that she has decided that she's the only he's the only man that could like challenge her or fight, she could find interesting and partner up with in life, and that she's like back for her true love? Or do you think right. there's a little bit of a and b somewhere in the middle? I. I could see both. I could see a little bit of both columns there. It does seem like, I I don't know. I guess it depends on why you think she walked out in the first place and how, how much of a mistake she views that as. And I I think she's being mostly honest when she says that she realizes it was a mistake. Okay. Uh, But, but her motives are not pure in my opinion. Like she walks out because she can't control him in the way she wants well, and to. Well, also, like, I, the only thing I don't know about Electra is why she's so fucked up. Like, she alludes to, sure. like, she has to clean up her father's messes, and she had a, you know, an upbringing that in, in, uh, that involved mixed martial arts, but why, out. why did she think it would be an awesome idea to set Matt up for a murder party? Well, I got the impression she thought she was doing what he wanted or what he would but want. But she was getting off on it, too. Definitely. Definitely. There's, she's, like, stroking that knife. I, she's – there's some weird shit going on with her. I don't sure. quite know what it is yet. Sure. But it's not healthy for Matt at all. But mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll be able to resist it. Do you, so it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see because you mentioned that you don't know that Foggy knows about his involvement with Electra. It'd be interesting because he announces that, hey, we're done with crazy. We need normal. And then Electra's back in his life. <laughs> if he knows about Electra at all, he's going to not be thrilled with her yeah. being involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I So let's let's back up and talk about the office interactions here. Uh, I already mentioned okay. that I like the fact that Karen is coming a little bit clean with some of her activities. Or at least she's not going to deny you know, and, and, and lie and do a bunch of that shit. I also like the fact that she's like... Spare me your lecture. I'm taking my coffee back. Um, I liked how awkward Matt was when the the electro deposit was announced. Like uh-huh. he turned, like he's pretty suave and smooth, but he was deliberately written like an idiot in that scene. Yeah, he gets rattled, you know. An ex he comes does. back into town and starts in tangling you up in her life, and you've got this new girl you're interested in. It's a weird thing. How do you feel like Matt feels about Electra? Because he's very much saying, I don't want anything to do with you. But anytime the flashbacks are all portrayed as like reminiscing. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting that outside her building, he has an elaborate sex memory. Right. Of their first time of breaking right. into his old gym where his dad used to box. I think that's Foggy's dad that owns the gym or maybe his grandfather. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had like to show hardcore violence, softcore sex. Uh, That's how you know it's not on HBO. Yeah. Do you think that there's going to be a love triangle between Daredevil and Elektra and I think there already is. I think there already is. As much as, uh, like, it's not mutual. There's nothing mutual about any of this stuff. Like, I don't think Matt's trying to make up his mind about Elektra or or Karen. It's Elektra likes Matt, Karen likes Matt. There's your triangle. Mm. But do you don't think that... You don't think Matt likes Electra at all? I, 
I think parts of Matt likes Electra. There are. So you're right. The the flashback sexy time scene uh, is one thing. But then we go to a scene where he's clearly not on the same page as her, right? With the beating of oh, Sweeney. Of like he, it, it Those seem to be juxtaposed, not kind of telling the same story. So there is, I think Matt is torn. That's the picture we're supposed to get here. Like he does think she's fun and he does have some kind of connection to her, but he also knows she's really bad for him. And you know he's still on the hook because he follows her back and he wants answers. Yeah. Like he wants closure, which means there's still something about her that is she's 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 renting space in his mental apartment. Definitely. So I, I think it it does go, I guess, kind of both ways, but far more than Matt's putting out a lot less than she's putting out. Uh, I want to I want to talk about some of the stunt work on the show because I thought there's a lot of really cool. I mean, it's not as flashy some of the stuff, but I really enjoyed his like. Uh, what do you call that? Um, Vaulting up, yeah, up the up yeah, the railings. What's, but and... what's the word for that? They call it. That's a I know. parkour. Is that parkour? Yeah, okay. it's like very yeah. light parkour, and right. uh, Charlie Cox doing really excellent work there. Yeah, just kind of just as you mentioned uh, when we were watching, it, just the way he moves is really really cool. It's fluid. It's uh, it almost seems effortless. Versus the punching that he was doing to the guy who killed his dad, <laughs> Sweeney. <laughs> Some of the worst, fakest punches I've seen this side WWE. Yeah. Like, those punches were not even close to connecting. What happened yeah. there? Uh, I, I don't know. It's just a bad camera angle. I, like, pe- I mean, if you've got to see that in the that? dailies, man. Like, yeah. that just wasn't working at all. I agree. It was it pretty was, bad. It was some stage, like, high school stage acting. It was pretty bad. Yeah. I did like the the effects work on his face though. Yeah, no, yeah, that's pretty fucked that up. That definitely sold the damage that Matt was doing. Mm-hmm. He was he was uh, you know Jonathan Banks, Better Call Saul territory. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What else we want to talk about? Oh, I'm talking about. Uh, I was going to want to talk about Foggy while we're okay. still talking about personal. And I want to talk about Karen. So let's go Foggy first. All right, I really like the scene where the D- assistant DA Tower comes in his office and Foggy. Again, Foggy convincingly rolls tough against legal types. It's when he's trying yeah. to talk down the street toughs that it all falls off. Because I thought everything between right. him and Tower, like, you know, uh, he's wanting to cooperate like a son of a bitch, but he needs a subpoena. And the guy's threatening. He's like, yeah, you keep saying that, but yeah, we're still kind of here. I that's that's, per- that's that's vintage Foggy, and he needs to stay in that lane. I'm with you. Uh I believe it when he's doing legal maneuverings, political maneuverings, whatever. I don't believe it when fights are threatened, when his life is threatened. Yeah. It's just like, I know you're not tough. Well, I, I know also, you're not going to harm a fly. So I also like it when you know he's threatened by the dogs of war. Like that's good. That's good. Foggy too, where he's being tough and he's got a backbone, but he's still scared shitless because he thinks he's going to die. Okay. Yeah. When he's scared shitless, but when he's self righteous and yeah. And, and it works. Cocksure. And it is, works. That the, is that the expression? Like, oh. he could be caught. Co- yeah, he could be self-righteous and cocksure, but then I want to see the gangsters beat the shit out of him and have the cops have to pull him off. Okay, like, right. I, I just didn't buy the, the peace negotiation. Uh, and I also got to say that I really like him and the bimbo lawyer together. They have good, yeah. they have good chemistry. Yeah, we I'm, talked about that last episode, too, and then lo and behold, she's back. I I do not like anything about the uh, martini. 
that that was presented oh, to yeah. her that that olive was like I, and that's another good like foggy's really good at the deadpanning like being incredulous like why is it crave what kind <laughs> of fucking olive is this yep uh but i like their i like their chemistry uh they yeah. in, in their conversation they also kind of tie things together with jessica jones and the avengers disaster and how Rhea seems like she's wanting to make a name for herself as at ridding the streets of vigilantes. Seems like it. Yep. Probably not a bad platform to run with with the state of the universe being what it is. Yeah. Um, and, and the chaos that Daredevil is seemingly causing in the city too. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you ready to talk about Karen? Let's talk about Karen. Okay, so she goes to the this newspaper, and which I guess probably has an online outlet now. Yeah. Probably. Okay. Otherwise, they'd be out of business. Uh, <laughs> and she's, like, talking to this reporter saying, look, you didn't get the whole story. Uh, it's Your your story's wrong because of what you left out. Uh, Frank had a family, and I know this because I went to his house. Or I, I know this because I know this, but yeah. we know she went to his house, saw the pictures. Sure. Uh, and she goes and she searches through all these newspapers. So is it across-the-board incompetence from every journalist this side of the Mississippi that no one can figure out that Frank had a family. I mean, well, this is a matter of public fucking record. But we also know, all the we all also over. know the black suits are involved, and they're right. supposed to be like these high secret government clearance guys. So, they but could, she's talking to a reporter who wrote a story, and he is surprised. Well, how would he, he has know no that, idea that Frank has a family? What I'm saying is they sealed all his records, his marriage false, licenses, birth yeah. certificates of his kids. Yeah. Seriously, these are men in black. They can, they can, uh, they can bury alien sh- the, the the landings. They can certainly make a guy look like he was never married and didn't have kids, and and his military records gone. Okay, I mean, I didn't have a problem believing. Like, I, I don't I guess. I now, guess. now, why they let again? Why their seeming incompetence from the last episode versus than being able to scrub all these records and pre- present a story. It's like, you know, maybe there's a problem with that. But no, I didn't have a problem with them sanitizing his record. And then the only thing the press can report on is essentially what the DA's office disseminates. So they've sanitized his records, but they haven't gone to his house and removed some pictures. What do you think? What do you think the reporters would do that? No, I think the men in black that you're talking about being ultra yeah, but, paranoid. But, but they've set the silent alarms in there. They're supposed to prevent that. But Karen was able to bypass all that shit. So, right. I just I don't know why they'd leave evidence. And also, you can break into the house evidence. and traipse all down. But as soon as you go up the the steps, that's when the silent alarms. Like, all mm. right, sister, you've had enough. It's true. You can see the downstairs pictures of his family, just not the sure. upstairs ones. The upstairs is the one. That's where all the good stuff's at. I I don't know. I, I don't know. I, the, I, these I, men in black are either completely incompetent or these reporters are incompetent. Want somebody here is incompetent. Something. Something. I yeah, I don't have a good bead on this whole men in black situation. Okay. Uh what else did you want to talk about about Karen? Uh that was pretty much it. What I, I don't know. I, I do like how she's starting to connect some dots. I just wonder how much of this she's gonna let on to like Foggy and Matt, because she seems to be working on this case alone. Yeah, I hope once that again. She... And I'm not I'm not having a problem with that. I'm yeah. just I'm wondering if they're gonna connect some dots with the lawyers in this scenario hmm. you know it'd be nice if that was another vector into they're having a confrontation which i agree that they need to have like we argued about last episode but mm-hmm. 
you know, if if Matt comes out of crazy, if he finds out he's, she's been investigating this daredevil, and he can be like, blah, 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 it's dangerous. She can be mm-hmm. like, yeah, well, you know, you got your problems that you won't talk about, so fuck you. That could be, because uh, she's clearly testy about them being protective of her. Yeah. She doesn't want to hear any of that mess, that noise. Right. Uh, what do you think about the... I, I do think they're cute together, Matt and Karen. Sure. Yeah. Like they're fancy dinner dates and her making natural. a joke about the swill and then she kind of like snort laughs. I thought that was all cute. Plus, mm-hmm. Debra Ann Wool is just super pretty. Yeah. And no. I feel like an eight-year-old with my, a crush on the first. <laughs> she's just so fucking pretty. She is. She is. Uh, and Matt. Matt is not a guy who will fuck on the second date. No. Or maybe even the third. He's just going to string together a bunch of perfect days that will only be... What kind of disaster is going on in his pants <laughs> that he thinks as soon as the sexy time stuff comes on that there's it's just all over? Maybe he's just trying to preserve that... that... Did he lose his pecker in an elect- electrofight or something? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I believe it. There's, I mean, the, that stage of dating is an interesting thing. It's It's something... To be savored at least for a little while, I think. Psh, that's a philosophy. Like the pre-sex tension sort of thing. That, that's not You, you know, Jim, I didn't get chubby by turning down too many delicious opportunities set in front of me. So, like, <laughs> Fair enough. I've always had a hard time not just unwrapping the baby Ruth and cramming it down my throat. So <laughs> might, might have mixed my metaphors a little bit there. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, yeah, that's okay. That's okay. That's that's something I can float out. And, baby Matt. Sure. That's what he calls it. Baby that's that's it it's it's fun size <laughs> you're looking for a tear and share and you get a fun size and right. what are you gonna do uh what else do we what, what did you think of i guess the, you wait and open it on halloween we find out that she's from vermont from a little small town 400 person town in vermont that doesn't have any their, their most uh cultured cuisine is french fries right she's loving the indian food that you can dine under weird chili christmas light things mm-hmm. i don't know that in stuff was Indian all restaurants that yeah. stuff is all fine is that a real new york restaurant you think i have no idea i mean who could know there are a million of them like is it possible for an individual to eat at every establishment in new york city no. in a lifetime if you I, try I don't know. that's a good question because that's the thing like, like they're gonna be closing and opening all the time like three a day i don't even know that if you're talking about the five boroughs i don't know if that's that even true. keeps up with yeah. the turnover yeah so might be right. Yeah, if you're just talking about three breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I don't. Well, know how how do you think you need to go? Like ten meals a day? Is that going to get it done? And what do you consider New York? Like, is there mm-hmm. an estate? Like, you know, I know there's like you've got this the the actual downtown versus the metro area. I don't know that that applies to New York City because right. it's like five cities shoved up each other's asses, right? Pretty much, yeah. Five boroughs. Um, what else do we want to talk about in this episode? Matt almost taking a jar of pickles to his dick. <laughs> Charlie the, Cox almost taking a jar of pickles to his dick. Like, yeah. The actor himself almost got it. Like, if that's off an inch or two or he slips, they're, they're, they're breaking for the day. Yep. Uh, the, the insanely dangerous game of cheese flirting that Electra's playing with that giant cle- oh, that's right. kitchen knife. Well, he's just got these washboard abs. How can she resist <laughs> cutting cheese on him? <laughs> yeah. No, they're cutting board abs is what they are. There's no washing being done on them. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's, I don't know anything else. Like there, you know, this is the first one that doesn't have like a set piece action scene. 
Right. The closest thing you got is Matt's parkour exper- experiment. Oh, I guess we should ring. talk about that. She deliberately infected the company that she's all of her father. Because I don't know that all could be a pack of lies. She said that all of her father's investments are tied up in this company. And now that he's dead, she's trying to get this stuff uh, freed up. Um, but she does so by deliberately infecting the company's servers with some kind of virus that she used her pin to disseminate. Mm-hmm. Something that Matt was able to hear, which I thought was interesting. Uh, Matt's able to hear this conversation from like 100, 200 feet away and through solid glass, which I guess I would believe that. Yeah. I mean, laser, assuming his hearing works anything like a laser beam, sure. I don't know if he can hear an electromagnetic radiation right. thing. Yeah. Like, it's like, is this know. thing communicating with 300 baud modems? Like, <laughs> he can hear that, yeah. sure. I guess they can go really any direction with it. I don't mm-hmm. have an, an idea of how it works. But she's. Somehow the Yakuza have connected her to the attack and tracked her down to an apartment that is not even in her name. Or what did she say it wasn't in her name or it was in her name? Because if it's not in her name, then how the hell did Daredevil track her down? She says something about she knew they'd show up at the building. But maybe she said it was because I thought I heard her say uh, this building is not in my name. Maybe she said it wasn't my name, because otherwise, how the hell would they track her down? Well, this could be a bigger setup. Like she's this guy, this fucking high-powered business executive is trying to tell his IT guys how to run their fucking job. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's telling them, "Look, trace the IP. Let's find out all this shit. Uh, let's look at whatever oh, management files." Loves doing that. Don't that that felt pretty accurate to me. Right, right. But have you tried I, rebooting the server? Jesus Christ. I get the impression that maybe she set it up to look like it came from somewhere uh, in that building and that maybe this is not her apartment, but it's someone's apartment who she's targeting. Uh, she's going to kick the asses of all of that's these her Yakuza. Thing. She, she jacks cars. She jacks apartments. Right. She uses that stuff to her own ends. So she's going to kick the asses of these fools and they're going to go back and say, oh, the person in that apartment kicked our asses. And then she's going to get someone else in trouble for it. Okay. That's my guess right now. All right. I'm trying to think if we missed anything else. No. I mean, can we, I, I guess we, we, the only thing we haven't talked about is the fruits of Karen's investigation, which is uh, this editor's got a photographic memory for disasters in the city, and he remembers that on or about the date that she's looking for, there was a three-way gang war at the carousel. A gang bang? Gang war. A gang war, okay. Uh, involving the Mexican cartel, the Dogs of Hell, and the Kitchen Irish, which are the three people that the Punisher was taking down. Right. All converging on the carousel. So, essentially, Karen's catching up to what we think we already know. Yeah. Where does that lead? Because the cartel's dead. The Well, I, the, the, the Dogs of Hell, I guess, are not dead. They're all in the hospital, the orthopedic wing, wing getting their broken arms and dislocated shoulders reset. Uh, and there were the still Kitchen a bunch. Irish are all dead, yeah. Like, like maybe three or four of them are. Uh, Matt kept the Punisher from killing. Yeah, I just wonder huh. where this goes, unless it leads back. So, I mean, how? I, I feel like it's going to be a dead end if you go to the gangs. Uh, it's got to lead back to the suits, but I don't know yeah. how the carousel and these people being involved. I don't know who she would talk to. I don't know. I mean, clearly it was covered up for some reason, right? Yeah. So. I don't know. 
I don't know. And it makes you wonder like what kind of operations Frank was into uh, before he went to his coma. A lot of speculation, like two, you know, I know two people wrote in and said that they thought that the next hook was going to be Matt and company representing the Punisher. Right. Doesn't seem there's any hint of that. Not yet. Sure. Uh, I I think that's about it. Yeah, I'm done. You know what, Jim? I think I'm going to double down on the increasingly uncomfortable ad atmosphere in this podcast. Perfect. By uh, seeing if the uh, you know, listeners are in some uh, some uh, financial bondage. Financial some some financial domination. Okay, are you uh, gonna like offer them subprime mortgages? What are you <laughs> What are you talking about here? Us, where uh, you know we make these sexy, sexy podcasts, and they throw us money in exchange. Ah, and you're going they, with the Kimbaku. Yeah, we tried to we tr- we try to make it easy on the the Kimbaku by going to uh, uh, club.baldmove.com. Baldmove.xxx. No, uh, <laughs> club.baldmove.com. You go there, it, you get the pitch. The pitch is essentially no more ads, extra content, VIP access in the forums, and the feeling that you've supported uh, two guys podcasting their pajamas about your favorite television. Because we wouldn't be doing it otherwise. It's true. So it's true. if you want to keep the gravy train going, oh, speaking of financial domination, you know who is a real uh, 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 submissive when it comes to that kind of stuff? <laughs> Who's that? Jeff Bezos. Okay. And and he 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 hates it and loves it so much when you go to Amazon.baldmove.com. Tease him with your copper. <laughs> it's you, you, yeah, you're, you're a copper tease. Uh, you, you really lay the whip into him when you go there because we're we're siphoning the pennies right out of his Amazon business. Uh, right. You go there, you get all the same great uh, savings, get the great shipping policy, uh, policies, uh, the widespread item selection. It's incredible. It's incredible what he's built over there. Help us steal from him by going to Amazon.BaldMove.com. Make him cry. Get him on his knees. That's where he wants to be. That's where... That's <laughs> where. Hurt him. hurt him. That's where he feels... He That's his That's his happy place. Yep. And, and we need to help him get there at Amazon.BaldMove.com. We got a little bit of feedback, a little teeny tiny bit of feedback from Frack and T on the forums. Uh, he says, I like the idea of Rius planning to use the Punisher's conviction as a springboard to run for office for an anti-vigilante platform. It foreshadows the central conflict of civil war. I've, I'm assuming you've kept up on the Captain America trailers. Nope. So civil war is a big, like I think it was in the last decade, a big giant issue crossover series that pitted all the main heroes of the Marvel universe against each other. There was one side that says, you know, and this, this, this is, this is like X-Men. This yeah. Is, uh, the Magneto thing. Kind of, except for it's like, you know, if you're a, if you're a hero, do you want to be registered as a tool of the state? Which this has been set up even since like Iron Man two, right. where the federal government has been wanting to get a hold of Iron Man and make him like their boy versus now nah, I want to be an independent contractor and kind of be my own free moral agent. Uh, Tony Stark is a businessman. He is a businessman. Should, should be selling that. He's shit. also a businessman. <laughs> he should be selling that. It's th- he's not special. It's his tech. Why would he? But that, that's what he's afraid of, right? He doesn't want the United States. Money, or money, money, man. Have. He's a businessman. How do you think he got rich? Yeah, from by selling... taking principled stands. Did you against not business? see the first Iron Man movie? That it was like it was two hours pretty entertaining. Explain that whole thing. I did, but what's what's his big hangup now? He doesn't want he doesn't want weapons of war <sighs> falling through. He only trusts himself. Suddenly with got it. a conscience. Yes, that's that's uh. exactly. Well, it didn't suddenly. It took two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And a near-death experience. Right. And, uh, about an uh, hour in a cave. Yeah. And what's that 
woman I can't stand. Pepper Potts. Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth goddamn Paltrow. That's enough to make any man renounce his ways and give up on life. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so that's what the new Captain America movie is all about. And it'd be kind of interesting if they set that up with the little tiny Netflix spinoff. All right. Or at least, you know, have them play along. I just can't imagine, like, if you got Captain America versus Iron Man, the Daredevil's going to be like, and I've got this, you know. I'm throwing these batons. Yeah. But then again, right. like, what? So does does the United States government uh, hold dominion over Thor? That's what I was wondering, yeah. Like, like what's his jurisdiction? What here? does Asgard have to say? Do you have a diplomatic office in Asgard? Because I think the Asgardians can pretty much, like, trump all this bullshit. Yeah, yeah, you'd think so. Uh, you I know. can't think of anyone who could compete with him. He swings down on his rainbow bridge, takes Natalie Portman, and fucks off and says, see ya, I'm gone. Let Maybe me know, he does. Let me know if you have some frost giant problem. Otherwise, <laughs> deuces. Uh, okay, that's all the feedback we had. Again, it's kind of a transitional episode, and we got yep. some transitional level feedback. If you'd like to send us more, do so at daredevil at baldmove.com or on forums, forums.baldmove.com. And... Yeah, we'll be back another day. Again, all we release Monday, Wednesday, Friday on Daredevil until we're finished and we're halfway there. Yep. Not See halfway. Then. This is only episode five. Right. Two thirds. Well, one third. We're we're some portion of the way to the end of yeah, <laughs> this we're, series. We're about ready to chug over to Hump in the next two episodes. There you go. Right. Uh, so, we'll, yeah, we'll be back and we'll see you then.